0: And uh, we'll start in verse 2 and go through 11. So it is a little bit long of a scripture, but we'll get through it. It says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of which I will tell thee of. That's key. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the donkey and, I, and, I, and the lad will go yonder and worship And Ephraim said, my, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And so they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the, took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of the heavens, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Amen. Amen. And my question, my title this morning is, can you hear the voice of God? Can you hear the voice of God? Let's pray. God, we thank you for the privilege of being able to call upon your name day or night and know that you hear us. Lord, I pray that you would open up our ears this morning, Lord God, to be able to hear your voice clearly. Help us to set a, a, aside all of the distractions in our life to, and, and help us to focus on our relationship with you. God, I pray that you would bless this church and, and as you speak to us, Lord God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. You know there's two different major groups of believers there's the kind of people who go to church for the aesthetics and for the beauty and you know the entertainment and then and the atmosphere and and they don't necessarily really feel like that when they talk to God that he hears them or that he will intervene for them but they get some kind of comfort from just being in a spiritual atmosphere the atmosphere takes control of the experience and they, and they come in just to enjoy the feeling of being in the house of the Lord. And they pray and they talk to God but they don't really believe or think that God intervenes in their affairs and they just, seem, they just see him as like a higher power and they must uh, come to, to him somewhat like people go to a, a therapist to lay down on the couch and you know, tell God all about your problems just to talk about how they feel and what they've been through. And they don't necessarily think that God would open up his mouth and clear his throat and speak to them. And they do, they do all the talking. They have a monologue with God. They do all the talking with their God, and God never interrupts them, and he just does all the listening. It's a one-way conversation. But then on the other extreme, there are those folks that, that you run into at the grocery store or at, a, at the mall, and God just talks to them all the time. <laughs> he told them what to wear this morning, He told them where to park, He told them to get some candy before they went into the movies. <laughs> he told them that they'll run into you, and they got a word for you, and they got a word for me, and they got a word for everything. And I know there's nobody like that here, but I think God just talks to these people all the time about everything imaginable. God just talks, 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 talks to them all the time. And somewhere between this extreme silence of one parameter and, 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 the, and, and the extreme uh, talking on the other side, there is a, there's a balance and we must, we must talk about it because it is not so important what we say to God as it is what God has to say to us. I'm going to say that one more time. It's not so important what we say to God as what God says to us. You see, we spend a whole lot of time talking about speaking to God and and speaking in tongues and speaking in all kinds of ways. And I'm not saying that's bad in any way, but let me tell you something. Did you know that most people who have a speaking problem mostly have a speaking problem because they have a hearing problem? If you can't hear right, you can't speak right. And maybe we should focus less on what we have to say to God and focus more on what God has to say to us. Amen? Amen. After all, Revelations 2 verse 29 does not say, he that hath a mouth, let him talk. It says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. But we've had no practice learning how to hear from God. We don't know exactly what to expect. What what does his voice even sound like? Is, is it a a deep voice or, or is it really high? And I can't get there. But uh does he talk to us like uh and, and what does he talk to us about and and are we listening for something we don't really know what exactly what it is? And uh So Hebrews 5 verse 14 says, Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see, we have another set of senses that have not been exercised. They're not our natural ear or mouth or eyes or or tongue. We've got a whole other set of senses that the Bible uh, says that are only exercised by reason of use. And the Bible talks about having an inner ear. In fact, it calls it a circumcised ear. Jeremiah 6.10 says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. The Amplified Version says, Their ears are closed, absolutely deaf to God. And they cannot listen and so it is not the ear by which you are listening to me it is the ear of the soul it is what Elijah called that still small voice it is the kind of feeling the unction of the Holy Spirit it is that still small voice that that says to not go in there that uh, that's something in your spirit that says to be careful that's something to, to, to be quiet, the inner voice speaking. But sometimes I think there's so much noise around us that we cannot hear God. And, and how can we walk with God if we cannot even hear him? We must hear from God. He's our navigational system. He directs us. And I, I've grown up in southeastern Wisconsin, and, and I still use a navigational system. I've lived here my whole life, and I still have trouble getting around without a global positioning system speaking to me. (laughs) That voice that leads and tells me where to go so that I, I get to my destination the fastest way possible. And I think the same way that the navigational system operates in the car, that's the way that God wants to operate in your life see, what I love about the GPS system is even when you do something wrong, you make a mistake, and you do something dumb, and you make a wrong turn, it recalculates, and it tells you when and where to make a U-turn so that you can get back on track safely. Amen? And sometimes we need God to tell us where we've made a wrong turn and how to make a U-turn and get back on track where God, where, where God says we need to go. But how can he talk to us when the first thing we do in the morning is grab our cell phones and go on Facebook and we start talking to all kinds of people about what we're going through and what's happening in our lives and and what's going on with our children and and what's going on with our marriage and and we're watching TV all the time and we're listening to music and we have all of this noise going on and, and all the while God is saying, if you would just cut all of that out for just a minute, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. I want to speak to you. I want to show you how to get through this season in your life, this moment in your destiny, this present danger that you are facing. He said, I can navigate you through it just like that. Yeah. Isaiah thirty twenty one says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. If you could hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, you wouldn't fear anybody. You wouldn't fear any affliction. You wouldn't fear any circumstances. After all, if God be before you, who can be against you? Amen? And so since Abraham then is God's friend, he now invites him into an experience, and there's so much about Genesis 22 that we could get into, uh, we could get just lost in Genesis 22 because it's a reflection of Christ going to the Calvary's cross. It's an Old Testament, a foreshadowing of, of Calvary's deliverance, and it happens this, a, in the same ridge of mountains. It is, it is full of metaphors and similes that point us to the bloody, uh, bloody side of our Savior. But I will avoid that this morning to point to another issue that is equally as important but seldom talked about. For God says, Abraham, take now thy son, thine only son, and take him to a mountain I will tell thee of. Now this is the problem that I have with God because I'm a person who likes details. I like to know exactly where I'm going and what is going to happen and, and what's going to happen when I get there. I can't stand directions from someone and they're just like, just keep heading down the road and, and you know, uh, once you see the hill, you'll take a left and you'll be there. You know, I can't do that, and that's part of the, partly why I use uh, the GPS, because it tells me exactly how to get there. Um, but the problem with God is that God is not in the business of giving it to you straight. He doesn't give you all the details. He doesn't give you, any, uh, he doesn't give you anything to go by, because after all, it was him that said in 2 Corinthians 5.7 that we should walk by faith and not by sight. And if you have too many facts, then you won't have enough faith. And so God says to this man who's been waiting all of his life for a child, and he finally got it at the age of 100, and his wife was only 90 years old. Okay, so this is a miracle child. It's, it's risky to have a child after the age of 35. But God promised them a son, and, and God will always deliver on his promises. Amen. It might not be the most convenient time or when you thought it should happen, but if God promises you something, it will come to pass. And so God said, now take him to a place somewhere over yonder that you'll know when you get there. And then I'm going to tell you what to do with it. <laughs> I don't like this. And, and you know, the most, most, uh, the most women are big on details too. And uh, you, know, you can ask them a simple question, and get all of these details. They start talking about how the traffic was absolutely terrible, and they had to stop at the grocery store, and it was so crowded in there, and they ran into their best friend who they haven't seen in forever, and her daughter was sick, and she came down with the flu, and she just went to the store to grab some, some chicken for the enchiladas, and her friend kept her there for a half hour, and I'm like, I did not ask all that. I just was wondering what we were having for dinner. <laughs> But thanks. <laughs> so you can imagine Abraham going back to his wife like, uh, "Honey, you know, you know that baby that you waited all your life to have, and you didn't get pregnant until your knees were wrinkled, and and <laughs> you know you finally got what you had been begging God for. <laughs> Pray for me, Pastor." <laughs> So he's like, yeah, I'm just going to take the kid with me and we're going to go somewhere and I'm going to offer him up as a burnt offering. And No, don't get mad, honey. No, I'm not crazy. I mean, this is a real hard sell. (laughs) And the least God could do is give you some of the details, right? You see, but any time God wants you to do something important for him, he doesn't give you the details because God will use not only the destination but the journey to train you how to hear his voice. Amen. He will not only use the destination, but he will use the journey to train you how to hear his voice. And I think that we pray wrong. We're always praying about where we're trying to go. But really, the experience with God is not on where you're trying to go. It's what you learn while you're trying to get there. Can I get a witness? Amen. I'm sure there are many of us here who have learned a lot of, along the, the journey of following God And so God says, take now thy son, thine only son, and and he says, take him to a place that I will tell thee of. He is using the test to train Abraham's ear to hear his voice under pressure. God may be using your test to train your ear to hear his voice under pressure, and you say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay this, and I don't know where we're going to stay when we get there, Lord. And, and he said, just walk with me. Just walk with me. Just walk with me. I have ordered your steps. I have determined your way. And when you get there, the provision will be made to the next step. Yes. Step by step by step. Amen? Amen. The Lord brought you here this morning because you're about to take another step. Do you believe him for that? Amen. Amen. He may not be big on details, but he is committed to get you through the process. And if you have the courage this morning to take a step into the unknown, God has the power to perform the impossible. Amen? Amen. And so Abraham is leading He's got his son with him and he's, he's got his servants with him and they saddled up some donkeys and they probably went through the drive through at Culver's and, you know, a man's got to eat. A butter burger. <laughs> and so they're following Abraham and they're asking him where they're going and, and nothing is as hard as leading people who, who are asking questions for which you have no answer. <laughs> because when you're a leader you're supposed to know everything you you have to plan and you have to have a 10-year strategy and and we're going to do this in 2 years and we're going to be here in 6 months and people have all kinds of plans and if if you want to make god laugh tell him what you're planning i mean just be a spiritual comedian And Get on your knees this morning and tell him all the stuff that you plan and and watch God start laughing. Because God doesn't care what you plan. He didn't settle the world on what you plan. He didn't cause the planets to spin on what you plan. He didn't cause the galaxies to operate around what you think. God had a strategy before he laid down the foundations of the world. Forever and ever his word is settled in heaven. Amen? God already has the end determined before the first step was ever made. You are the one discovering what he's able to do. He's not discovering what he's able to do. He knew he was God before there was anybody to tell him he was God. He knew he was able. He he knew he was able before anyone told him that he was able. He knew he was a healer before the first sickness was ever made. He knew he was a provider before the first problem ever came up. He was God all by himself amen and I thank God I don't serve a God who, who doesn't know what is going to happen next I'm thankful that I serve a God who has my steps ordered and and, and, and a, a God who starts with the end in mind and 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 so they got to be asking Abraham what uh, what is going on where are we going and he and he's like uh, I don't exactly know guys wouldn't that be a tough conversation to have? I, I, don't, I don't know where we're going because God is teaching me to listen. And He said He would tell me while I walk. <laughs> and that's what I came to tell you this morning that God will tell you while you walk. You've been praying and asking God for details. And God says just to start walking. And while you're walking with me, I will, fi- I will fill you in on what I want you to do next. And so I want you to walk with your feet and listen with your heart. And before you take the next step, I'll give you the next command. And when you need to do something else, I'll give you the next command. And until I tell you to do something else, do what I told you before. And when I want you to make a churn, I will tell you. You see, my navigational system doesn't speak um, anymore until it's time to churn, right? We drove down to uh, Cape Cod last year, and there can be a 200-mile stretch before the next command. And So sometimes, I, because I, I don't know where I'm going, <laughs> I'm riding a long time. I'm obviously directionally challenged. So... <laughs> Um, But I'll, I'll be riding a long time, and I don't hear anything, and I'm thinking, would you just say something? Just, you know, say something like, you're still on the right track. Keep it up. You're going, put the pedal to the metal. You're doing good, you know. But the GPS doesn't say anything until you're about to make a turn. And my question is, can you endure the silence of walking out your faith before a God who does not always speak to your insecurities? God says nothing at moments of tremendous insecurity. He does not talk just to make you feel good. But he will speak to you at pivotal moments in your life. And so Abraham is walking and he's leading and he's got responsibilities and he's got pressure and he's uncertain and God says, this is the gym I put you in to exercise your ability to hear with your inner ear. It might not be comfortable, it's not easy, it's not a nice air-conditioned, heated room, it's, it's not designed to help you with your vulnerabilities or your insecurities. I mean for you to be uncertain. I mean for your heart to be beating fast. I mean for you to, to have to trust in me. And be unstable. I mean to take you out where your friends cannot help you, where your support systems are not in place. I I will move you away from your backup and your friends because I want you to have an experience with me. And their voices are too loud in your ear. I I want you to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. God's saying, I've been waiting to get you all by yourself, and now I want to show you that. It was me that carried you all the way. It was me that blessed you. It was me that fed you. It was me that provided for you. It was me that cared for you. It was me this whole time. And so Abraham is trying to figure out where he's going, and he's walking, and he's walking alone, and he's walking and wondering, where on earth are we going? And the Bible said, when he was yet three days off, he looked up and he saw the place afar off. He said that, that's it right there. And how do you know? I don't know, but I know. You ever had that feeling? I don't know, but I know, I know it with my knower. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, but my knower knows, (laughs) but my knower knows. That land is the place right there. That is the woman I'm supposed to marry. That's the job that I'm supposed to have. That is the career move I'm supposed to take. That is the place I'm supposed to build a house. That is the place that I'm supposed to go. And I don't know how to tell you that I know what I know, but I know that I know because my knower in my spirit in my heart. I know it for as many are, as are led by the spirit. They shall be called the sons of God. Amen. And so, we do this all the time. We go shopping and they, you go to the mall and the sales clerk comes up to you and, and says, may I help you? And you tell them politely, because you're a Christian, <laughs> you say, I'm just looking, which means go away. But then, you know, they never get it and <laughs> soon they're asking you again. If you need anything, or you want to try this on and put this on in your size, and and finally you get upset with them, and you don't, you're, you're like I don't know, but I'll know it when I when I see it. I got you guys all up, messed up with all these nos. <laughs> I'll know it when I see it. You, you told your daughter that, that that boyfriend was not the one. You, told, you don't know which one is the, is the one, but you know which one is. You can't prove it. You can't explain it. You don't even have anything against him, but you just know that you know that you know that this boy is bad. And that's the way God wants to speak to you in your spirit, and he sets up a a catastrophe. He sets up problems as opportunities to train you in the gymnasium of developing your inner ear to hear him in the crisis. You see, the crisis is just a test. It's not a problem. It's not an issue. It's a gym, and it's a training center. It's a a workout room. You think the problem is, is, is a problem. God just gave you the problem so that you'll learn how to trust him in the dark places. Amen? Amen? And so Abraham was still a great ways off from it, but he knew he was coming up on it, and the closer that he got to his destiny, the more that he had to tell his servants what was happening. And he says to the servants, stay here with the donkey, me and the lad are going yonder to worship. And you see, there's some people that you cannot take with you. No matter how you love them, no matter how you care about them, no matter how much you think that they matter, what they have done for you in times past, no matter how they have helped you in the most difficult of times, because that kind of loyalty can be dangerous. And there comes a point in walking with God that you have to choose whether you're going to walk with God or keep company with your friends. And frankly, there are some folks that you need to let go. And so Abraham told his servants to stay with the donkeys because dedication requires separation. You see, you cannot have dedication without separation. If your faith does not bring you to a place of separation, then your life will never become a place of dedication. Amen? Abraham says, okay, now this is the point where I leave you behind and me and the lad are going yonder to worship. And so now he's talking to his son. You see, the closer that that you get to God's will, the smaller the crowd becomes. The closer that you get to your destiny, the smaller the crowd becomes. And God called Abraham alone and Jacob was left alone with God. And, And Paul wrote the epistles from a jail cell. And so stop fighting being alone because God will whisper to you when you're alone. Yes. He will he will talk to you when you are in the cave and he will speak to you when you're all by yourself. Yes. And so now it's it's just Abraham and the kid and and the boy is like, "Um, Dad, excuse me. Uh, I noticed that uh you got that big old knife hanging on your, on your belt and you get all this wood and we've taken this trip before and we normally have a lamb, right? And I'm just wondering, did you forget something? Did you forget the lamb? I mean, where's the sacrifice, dad? <laughs> and, and so Abraham says, God himself shall provide the sacrifice. In other words, I've come so far by my faith that I cannot worry about provision when destiny is calling me. And I'm willing to walk into it as I go and trust him. And when I need it, he will provide it. And so Abraham and the lad went to the mountain together and he lays down the wood. And this is a burnt offering, and burnt offerings are not, are not pretty. You know, the animal is tied down by the hands and feet above uh, a pile of wood and the animal would be slain. The blood would be caught in a pan, and the flesh would be burned. And, and so he has tied his son, his only son, to the altar like a lamb. Behold, he goeth to the lamb with the knife, and he says not a, not a word, because he's being obedient unto death. And Josephus uh, is a historian. He said that Isaac was, gro- was a grown man, old enough, to resist his father's will. Not, he wasn't just this little boy, but he was old enough to fight back, but he was obedient unto death because he is the picture of Christ going to the cross. But he's not naive. He's just submissive. And so here comes a son, and he's tied down to the altar, and Abraham has raised his knife to slay his only son. And Abraham is walking and the last thing he heard God say and, he, and so he raises his knife to slay his son because he is operating in the past revelation. The problem in the church today is that we have too many churches who are operating in past revelation. It, it is not that God did not tell him to do it. But the man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And your denomination just tells me the last time that you heard him speak. What is God saying now? Because if we do not get a a now word from God, and, and we walk, and we're trying to walk with God, God is saying, if if we do not get a now word, we will just slay our future, listening to the voice of our past. And so Abraham raises his knife to slay his son, and God spoke out of the heavens and said, Abraham, Abraham, stop what you are doing. And if Abraham um, could not hear the voice of God, he would have killed his own child that day. So don't kill your dreams because you you have gone deaf to his voice. And so he raises his hand to slay his son, and God peels back the heavens and says, stop right there. All of this is just a test. I've never wanted your son's blood. Your son's blood is impure and it's imperfect. It will not redeem the world. Your son cannot do it, but the son of God is able to do it. And and Abraham's sitting there, well, why why did you take me through all of this when you didn't even want what you asked for? And God says, don't panic. It was just a test. You think what you're going through right now in your life is about what you're going through, and it absolutely is not. You think the problem that you're facing, the issue, that you're facing is the issue, but it's absolutely not. This is exercise equipment that God is using to strengthen your ability to hear him under pressure. For it is is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. And just when you have run out of ideas, you have run out out of friends to call, run out of help to receive, always know that that is a sign that something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. And so he stretches back his arm and he pulls back his knife and God says, stop it right now. Everything I took you through is just for a test. I don't want your son, but I want your ear. I want to know that I can interrupt you. I want to know that I can change your directions. I want to know that I can be your navigational system. And I want to know that I can get in your business and in your plans. I want to know that if I take you through something, that you are sensitive to every word that proceedeth out of my mouth. And so he says, if you obey me, I will show you. And tells him to look behind you. And there's a ram tied up in the thicket. And if you study rams, you'll find that rams don't ever climb that high. It is against their nature to go that high in the mountains. But while Abraham was coming up one side, the provision was coming up the other. Amen? Tell your neighbor that he'll be there when you get there. Amen. It'll be there when you get there. The opportunity will be there when you get there. Just keep on walking by faith because on the other side of the mountain, God has a blessing. And so I want every one of you that has a problem, has an, has an issue, has, an, has a, a circumstance under attack, I want you to understand that while you are going up one side, the answer is coming up the other. And it's coming. It's coming. God is saying just to look over your shoulder. The answer is coming your way. Somewhere between now and then, God is going to speak to you and change your direction, change your perspective. And when you get in that place of his next voice, just look over your shoulder. Everything you need to do what he called you to do will be there when you need it to be there. Amen? Amen. First Peter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And God wants to call you out of the darkness and into his light this morning. And so I'm going to close, but I want you to praise him for what you haven't seen yet. Amen? Praise God. Open up your mouth and praise him, Jesus. Amen. The spirit of the Lord is in this place, and you may stand. Can you hear the voice of God speaking this morning? Abraham is walking with God, and God is walking with Abraham, and he's saying, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? And Is the reception clear? Can you hear my voice? You were shocked about what happened, but I was not shocked Can you hear my voice? I have the answer before you even have the question. I never wanted you to suffer. I never wanted you to cry. I never wanted you to worry. I never wanted you to get upset and to lose your way. I just wanted you to listen, to listen for me because I love you too much to leave you alone. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but the Lord is saying, I got you covered. I'm just training you to trust me. I have you covered. I'm trying to teach you to hear me. I have you covered. Life may not be going the way that you expected, but God is saying, I have you covered. Can you you hear his voice this morning? Hallelujah. Can you hear him now? If you are going through a dark place in your life, he wants you to open up your spiritual ears to hear him so that he can bless you and give you opportunities that you couldn't imagine that could happen. Can you hear him now? Will you listen down low? Will you listen up high? Will you listen when you're broke? Will you listen when you're rich? All this stuff is just exercise equipment. What he really wants to know is, can you hear him? Amen, amen. I want you to pray for someone next to you, if it's appropriate. Some area of their life, they need to hear from God, that God is right here right now. And if you would turn down all the noise, all, all the he say, he say, she say, God says, I want to tell you where the RAM is. I've already got a plan, I've already got a provision. I've already got the power, I've already got it worked out. This is a controlled test. It's in a laboratory in a controlled environment and I never let it get out of hand. I never let it get out of control. I've put my protection around you and I have surrounded you with my angels. And you are safe, amen, amen. The Spirit of God is touching us and he wants to speak to us. Hallelujah, he's blessing the person that you're touching right now. He's ministering to that person that you're touching right now. Can you hear him? Can you hear his voice? God is saying, can you hear me? Because if you can hear me, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you will not even be able to contain. You won't have enough room to receive it. Jesus, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the tests that we go through and the trials that we face. We thank you for the exercise equipment that you are using to train us. Lord, I'll never look at my problem the same way. These are nothing but barbells and training equipment so that I can hear your voice, Lord. Show me where the rams are in my life, God. I pray that you would send the rams, send them from the north, the south, send them from the east and the west, Amen, amen. How many believe God is going to send them a ram? God is going, hallelujah, Jesus. God is saying, get ready for the rams. Get ready for the rams. You're not going to have to do what you thought you were going to do. And just like Abraham thought he was going to have to sacrifice his son, God sent him a ram. And he's going to send you one too. Amen, amen. The rams are coming. Lord, I pray that you would search this building, Lord, that you would find whoever needs this message and let it change them and heal them and bless them and strengthen them. Lord, find everybody who needs to know who, you more, who needs to hear a now word from you in their life. Find everybody who's been in the car navigating themselves, driving along a- alone, making all of the wrong turns, and all of the wrong decisions, and suddenly they recognize that they need you to navigate their lives. Find them this morning, Lord God. Find them if if they're in in the back. Find them if they're listening online. Lord God, I pray this morning that you would find them. Let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen, amen, amen. If you'd lift up your hands this morning, open up your mouth and give God praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I can handle this. I can handle this. I can handle this, Lord. Keep on talking to me. I can handle it. Amen, amen. Pray for anyone who's gotten lost on the highway of life and they didn't mean to get lost. They're not a bad person, but have just lost their relationship with you, Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone who has drove off into a ditch. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them again this morning and, and lead them out. Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen. he said that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And he wants to offer you life more abundantly this morning.